In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. And the Browns have signed someone today. And I'm here with Ian Wright, right, right. Ian, how's Chicago? Chicago is not bad. Overcast a little bit. Sky is a little bit parsed, but, you know, sun's coming through. Not too bad. Pretty similar to we had in uh, London the other day, sitting at the pub. Yeah, exactly. But let me fill in a little bit here. So Ian's originally from uh, Ohio. And uh, he traveled to uh, England. We met up for some drinks. He then proposed to his girlfriend. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that yet, but I have. And then on the way back, we met up for some more drinks on London. And we were talking about a guy called Braxton Miller. And then crazily today, the Browns signed him. So, um, yeah, let's start way back. Tell us why you're a Browns fan. So, like you said, I grew up in Ohio. actually grew up uh, in Lorraine, which is about 30 minutes west of Cleveland. So, I, uh, I became a Browns fan at a young age, was a big follower of kind of those late 80s Browns when they were a pretty good team. So, stuck with them. I am known as the diehard Browns fan of uh, all my friends, the drinker of the Kool-Aid, as they say. And uh, the glass is always half full when it comes to my Brownies, that's for sure. And you met with uh, Bernie Kosar. Who else yeah. you met with? Oh, I've, I've actually had great interactions with a lot of guys in the team. Um, you know, one of the guys that worked for the Browns for a little while, also from Lorraine, uh, was Matt Wilhelm, which is, you know, obviously grew up in Lorraine. Uh, Bernie was a former kind of friend slash customer of mine, so I got to know Bernie pretty well. Uh, ironically, was number 19 as a kid, so Bernie was my favorite player, so that was kind of a little bit of nostalgia there growing up. Uh, but yeah, other guys here and there, you know, I've never really had a bad interaction with the Browns. Um, my, my better half, and yes, the world does know that we did get engaged while in Scotland. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun, but you know, she has some connections with the Browns as well. Uh, she went to high school with Andrew Hawkins, which was nice. So it was, it was funny when we were talking about Braxton, I had the chance to meet Josh McCown, one of the nicest human beings ever. And he was the one that took Braxton's spot in Philly. So that's how Braxton came up, and I was telling you about how much of an elite athlete he was at Ohio State, where I am an alumni of. So it is just kind of funny. It came full circle in about four days. So that's irony at its finest, my friend. Excellent. And obviously on Sunday I was having a few drinks, so I didn't listen to everything that you were saying. It went in one ear and out the other ear. Um, but if I'm correct, uh, obviously a quarterback, stroke wide receiver. Very correct. So – Braxton was, if not number one, number two, I think when it comes to the players coming out of Ohio, he was Mr. Ohio, actually uh, played at Huber Heights, which is a little bit west of Columbus. So Braxton got recruited by the then coach at the time, Jim Tressel. And Jim Tressel's most prized recruit to that point was former Browns receiver Terrell Pryor. So Braxton had this hype coming into Columbus, which was second to none, and Unfortunately for Mr. Tressel, for Coach Tressel, that was kind of his year with the tattoo gate. And 
Braxton's freshman year, he actually played under interim coach Luke Fickle, who's now the coach at the University of Cincinnati. So it was kind of a world turn from there. Um, but Braxton's sophomore year when he was playing quarterback, I mean, he set OSU records like no other. He won Big Ten MVP. He won most outstanding player, first team all Big Ten. Basically about every award you could win um, under what would have then been Urban Meyer's first year. And I know Urban has gone out in several different areas and talked about how vital Braxton was to that team's success. He was one of the guys that Meyer had kind of identified early and said, I need to get this guy in my system, really earn his trust. Um, so I know that Urban Meyer and Braxton Miller are still very good friends. They, you know, communicate regularly. Um, Braxton was really just one of the pillars of that team, really helping him transition uh, to the coach of the Buckeyes. He goes it, out his second year. At, oh, sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, no, sorry. I was going to say, um, uh, educate me. Did he start off as a wide receiver? Did he start off as a quarter, quarterback? How did, it, how did it all progress? He started as a quarterback. So he was, like I said, one of the most highly recruited quarterbacks. He had offers from Alabama, all your top college programs, pretty much everywhere in the country. Um, and he ended up choosing to stay home uh, with Ohio State, which was a huge, get, huge get for the Buckeyes. I mean, it was, it was talked about in every recruiting forum there was. So he actually played quarterback his first three years. 2011, 12, and 13. In 2012 and 2013, he set the records. I mean, like I said, he was Big Ten MVP back-to-back -back years, most outstanding player. In 2014, he's in summer ball, goes to throw a short pass, and just has a massive shoulder injury. So that's what converted him from a wide or from a quarterback to a wide receiver. Because several weeks before the first game of the season. You know, he goes down with a season-ending injury. Got you. And then when he came back, did he ever play quarterback again, or was he always wide receiver? So, if you remember right, and I'm not sure what you followed, so Ohio State actually won the national championship in 2014 when Braxton was injured. So, when he came back 2015, we were coming off of this national championship year. We had JT Barrett, Cardale Jones came back. So Braxton Miller went to his wide receivers coach and said, hey, I want to be a receiver. <laughs> well, if you remember right, for all the Buckeyes fans, they'll know this. The wide receiver down in New Orleans, Michael Thomas, uh, he's pretty well known. He was on that staff. Uh, Carolina Panthers wide receiver Curtis Samuel, he was on that receiving core. Uh, former Jets receiver Jalen Marshall, he was in that. So you're talking about a stacked wide receiver core room. And he, he stepped right in. I know that. You know, he had leap, uh, heaps of praise from the wide receiver coach at the time. Um, and then his senior year, they kind of used him in a rushing, receiving type of environment. I, you know, he had, about, I think, 350 yards receiving, three touchdowns his senior year, uh, 260 yards rushing and a score. Um, and the, the play that kind of I had mentioned to you, I don't know if you've seen it since. I've seen it. So his first game as a wide receiver, when he takes that ball left on Vatek, full Madden mode, circle button, spin move. I remember I was sitting at a, at a pub in, in Columbus. The place goes berserk. I mean, what Braxton is able to do with the ball in his hands was he was the most electric player in college football, arguably. I mean, the things he could do once he got that ball in his hand was, yeah. was crazy. He's an elite athlete. His lateral ability to move side to side is like he's a running back. 
So, you know, Urban looked at it as this, this is a guy who's a huge asset to the team. And even after playing wide receiver for one year, gets drafted in the third round by the Texans. So, you know, you're just talking about a guy that was just an elite athlete uh, for most of his life. And then when he was at the uh, Texans, was he still playing wide receiver or did he um, go back as a quarterback? No. So he, he gets drafted in the third round as a wideout. And kind of full circle is the Texans that year signed former Browns quarterback Brock Osweiler to a massive free agent deal. So Braxton Miller's quarterback, his freshman or his rookie year in the NFL, was Brock Osweiler. And if you remember right, and I know many people do that are football fans, it was the most ridiculous contract for a guy that just didn't deserve it. I mean, Osweiler was pretty bad that year. He was very inconsistent. Um, and it really kind of hindered Braxton's success as a wide receiver. You know, he always kind of had – he had a little bit of injury problems with the Texans. Um, you know, I don't know if he ever broke 100 yards. I think his best was, you know, that 70s, 80s kind of in a receiving standpoint. Um, but he's never really had consistent quarterback play, you know. It's a guy that has a potential – you know, massive amounts of potential. He's got, you know, abilities to do things with a ball that not many people in the league would have. And I'm sure when Dorsey's looking at it, he's going, you know, what's this is a very low-risk, high-reward move. Um, it's a hometown guy. It's a very nostalgic sign, you know, signing for all your Buckeye fans out there. Um, and even, you know, he gets out there in the, in the preseason. He, he's going to test linebackers, inside cornerbacks, your safeties. I mean, those guys are going to struggle to keep up with him. The question is, is how fast can he kind of learn the playbook? And I don't know if you caught, he had an interview earlier today you know, they've kind of put him in with the re wide receiver core. And, you know, he knows Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward would have been a freshman his senior year. Um, so there are some familiar faces in that room for him. Um, but having a guy like Mayfield, who has really kind of made a receiver out of Higgins, you know, Higgins doesn't have the athletic traits that someone like Braxton Miller does, but he knows exactly where to be and what time to be, him, be there. So if you can get Braxton Miller, I'm not sure if he has practice squad eligibility, I know he was on the practice squad with the Eagles last year, but you know, you're looking at a guy that once he gets the ball in his hands, if he can start figuring out that playbook, a guy like Mayfield with that type of accuracy really kind of plays into what Braxton Miller's strengths are. He's not the most polished route runner, um, but he's very shifty in short space. He's, he's going to be an inside guy, um, not an X, not to the outside, but really just provides some versatility. And he's going to challenge guys once he gets the ball in his hand because he is that much of an athlete. Where do you see him sit, uh, sitting in the pecking order with the rest of the Browns wide receivers? Well, as many people know, when you get into a camp this late, I mean, we're two preseason games in, he's going to struggle to kind of catch up. And I know that he, uh, he has taken a Jalen Strong, which, you know, Jalen Strong, DJ Montgomery, those guys are kind of fighting for that fifth, sixth, if they keep it wide receiver spot. Um, but Braxton, a guy who's been in the league since 2015, 2016 season, um, depending on how much he can learn, how quickly he can learn it, he's a guy that could provide a couple electric moments in a preseason game. And, you know, if he does have practice squad eligibility, he becomes a viable candidate for that. Um, but he's a guy, I think they just want to see what he has. You know, if you remember Al Saunders a couple of years ago, uh, really, really did wonders with Terrell Pryor. You start wondering maybe if Adam Henry gets his hands on Braxton Miller with guys like Beckham and Landry and those guys, 
they may be able to really kind of find that potential that he didn't have in Houston with that consistent quarterback play. And what about the depth of special teams experience? Do you have any information on that at all? So he would have played special teams his first years in Houston. Um, he's not going to be a guy that ex probably excels overly in special teams. I could see him maybe in a return capacity, um, an outside guy. If he's going to make his mark, he, he's going to have to show the biggest signs of improvement there. Um, you know, obviously Philadelphia saw enough in him last year to keep him on the practice squad right after their Super Bowl run. So it's a guy with just an immense amount of talent. Depending on what he's able to do, is he, is he really able to carve out a role in special teams? That'll be the question. That's, I think, what if you're a Browns fan and you're at training camp, that's something you want to look at. Um, but he's definitely a guy that's going to, you know, spend mo majority of his time in the slot, in the inside, kind of maybe that scat back. He does have a little Duke Johnson type of ability in him. He's a very good pass catcher, good hands, shifty in short spaces. So while they may not use him as a running back, he's somebody that can split out wide, maybe be a compliment uh, to some of the running backs that they have. But, you know, special teams is where he's going to have to make his biggest mark. So it'll be curious to see how much he's really refined those skills. Here's a crazy question. Could we see him play as our David Blau goes and he comes in as our uh, quarterback for? I think that with Freddie Kitchens, you never know. I mean, he could play, you know, this Saturday and he still has an arm. I mean, Braxton Miller can throw a football and there's no doubt about it. Terrell Pryor could throw a ball. So you always do have the potential. I mean, we've seen Jarvis Landry throw it. We've seen Odell Beckham throw it. You know, we know that Freddie has that ability. Whether or not they want to show that in the preseason, probably not. I can't see him learning enough of a playbook to play quarterback specifically. But he would give you the element of a trick play. But I primarily think in your first couple preseason games, you're really going to just see him stay in that wide receiver role and just show how refined of a receiver he can be. Um, I do see him getting some snaps on Saturday. You know, I, I think that he's going to be able to get out there, you know, a few plays here and there and uh, just show what he can do. Give him a couple of short bubble screens and uh, watch him work with the ball in his hand. Well, look, mate, thank you very much for the inside uh, knowledge there. Uh, what's your predictions this season going into the season? What do you reckon our win-loss record is going to be? I would say the floor, it, my expectations is if we do better than nine and seven, it's, it's a step up. I think that, you know, it's going to be a little rough out of the gate. You know, that's when the heavier part of the schedule is. Um, so if we can come out of that first half of the, the season, you know, in a four and four, three and five, really when that season opens up in the back half, you could be looking at, you know, an easy six and two, seven and one type of schedule. But, you know, I think with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, it's going to be a tough division. Um, but, you know, if the Browns are 10 and six, 11 and five, I think that that would probably be my predictions. But I would, I would definitely say, Anything lower than nine and seven is going to be a pretty big disappointment, given the level of talent they have. Yeah, I think that's a real fair point, Ian. It's got to be uh, ten and six and above, really. Yeah, I mean, given some of the some of the easy games on there, you know, it's it's crazy in the NFL. You lose the games you're supposed to win, you win the games you're supposed to lose. So, you know, I'd be really curious to see the home record versus the away record. You know, you win the games at home and you split on the road. You're looking at twelve and four. So. You know, let's hope that they can really kind of defend First Energy Stadium. There hasn't been a lot of wins in that stadium in the last few years. So as many as they can give us would be great. So 
it, it, it's it's definitely the sun is coming out, which is great. And I think all those years of Browns fans uh, being scared to go to games, just wonder what was going to happen in that stadium is definitely going to turn around. So, you know, hat tip to the organization because the, the hype train is at full steam ahead right now. Yeah, mate, that's why we love the NFL, Ian. Anything can happen in any game. It's not Absolutely. predictable. Absolutely. And that's how we're able to attract fans like yourself, you know, in the UK. And I know the guys listening have a, a great familiarity with your story. And it's wonderful to have fans like you over there uh, across the pond because, uh, you know, the, the Browns are finally on the upswing. And uh, as many have dubbed this, the world's team, the Royals team, the America's team, we'll take everybody we can, baby. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, finally, it's finally encouraging to be a Browns fan. We don't have to kind of hide a little bit more. Well, mate, a uh, bit of uh, inside information. I had the NFL around my house last night filming. So it's going to be a little piece that goes up, uh, I think, game week two on Game Pass, doing a piece on the Cleveland Browns. Um, oh, that's amazing. So h- how it's a uh, world's team. So that's going to be super exciting. So uh, it's going to be similar to like a hard, hard knocks, not format, but like sits on, your, on the Game Pass as a, as a program to watch. So uh, oh, that's amazing. I, that'd be quite interesting. But, mate, it was, it was great meeting you in London. And uh, tell us. Tell us a little bit about your trip. So you came to London, you went to Harry Potter. What else happened? Yep. So uh, I got to travel with, you know, my now fiance. We bopped over across the pond, did a couple days in London, went to the Harry Potter uh, movie set tour out there just beyond Watford. That was amazing. We jumped into Edinburgh for a day, spent a day in there, headed up to the, the, the Northern Highlands or the Heelands, as they say, spent a little bit of time with family up there. Um, like I said, we got engaged at Dunrobin Castle, uh, way up there in the county of Sutherland. So that was wonderful. Made it back down to the Glasgow. Um, huge shout out to the Great Lakes uh, Pipe Band who competed in the World Pipe Band Championships in Glasgow, Scotland. They're actually based right there out of Cleveland. Uh, my brother Alex is actually the lead stick for their drum corps. And a lot of the pipers and drummers are right there from the Cleveland area. Huge Browns fans as well. So. There was a little bit of Browns even over there in Scotland competing in the World Pipe Band Championships. So, overall, it was a great trip. You know, great to meet you and Jack, uh, talk a little Browns football. You know, I know that my better half uh, definitely enjoyed it as well. She came back a little shinier than when she left. So, overall, just a great trip. I encourage anybody who's getting over there to London, you know, get a hold of you via social media and, you know, definitely meet up. You're it's amazing how much you've learned about the Browns not having the day-to-day, you know, interactions like we do in the States. So it's, it's quite amazing uh, how the NFL really has become global, that it's been able to bring yourself and Jack and guys like that into the equation. It's quite amazing. No, thank you very much. Obviously, I've, I've never say I'm an analytical uh, wizard or know my history, but <laughs> I'm trying to learn it. And I think the guys in Australia, Germany are all trying to be respectful and uh, learn what we can as we uh, go along. Oh, absolutely. Just like we have to learn uh, the world's game of uh, football over there. So, you know, it's, it's straight off. And as Jack said, next time I'm over there, we're going we're gonna to hit an English Premier League game. And I think you and I are on the slate for uh, Green Bay in uh, 2021. So, yeah, uh, excellent. If not, if not sooner than that, that's uh, definitely bookmarked on the calendar. Well, Ian, mate, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Where can people find your details? Uh, Twitter is the easiest way to find me, um, at Ian, but it's spelled a little differently, I-A-I-N. Uh, one nine, so at Ian nineteen. Um, my my page is public. If I say it, you know, it's out there. So I don't I 
don't try to hide behind all that stuff. Um, if you're a Browns fan, drop me a line. Um, or if you have things that they want to talk about with Ohio State as well, that's, you know, fun as well. It's, it's always a pleasure. You know, I, I do love interacting as much as I can uh, when I'm not trying to do the daily duties of the work. So. Well, Ian, let's get you on, uh, try and get you on once or twice a week in the future. You know your X and O's, so uh, it'd be a pleasure to get you on again. Hey, whenever you'd like, sir. Whenever you'd like, uh, I'd be happy to give my opinions and whatever I know, whatever you need. All right, Ian. Take care, buddy. Congratulations again, and I look forward to seeing you in England soon. Perfect. Thanks so much, Paul. Go Browns. Go Browns.